Once again, good morning all. It is great to be here, and um, before I go on, I just want to just say again, thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, I want to extend my thanks to Pastor Bex, um, Pastor Tony, and also Pastor Neville, and the various uh, representatives of the uh, churches that are here, the Lighthouse, um, and also Tower Hamlet Christian or Community Church. hope I've got that right. Um, it's a real pleasure to be here. I'm here with my wife, Angela. Uh, who's sitting with a friend. Um, Andrew, just give him a wave. Yeah, let him know you're here. Fantastic. And um, again, just really thank you for the opportunity to come and, and share. Uh, my text is Luke chapter 5, and I'm going to be looking at verses 1 through to 11, and I'm going to read that in a short while. Um, you can find that in your app or the Bible, if you want to turn to that. And just put your finger on there. Uh, a recent study suggested that bad habits and overconfidence can lead first-time passers uh, to drive less, and that's people who've um, taken driving tests or their driving tests. First-time passers to drive less safely than those who took more than one attempt at passing their driving tests. Apparently, those who took longer to pass, quote, benefited from spending more time Behind the wheels. Amen. All right. We've got some second time, third time passes in the house. <laughs> now, my sharing these stats has nothing to do with the fact that my wife passed the first time and I passed the second <laughs> time. And that I think I'm a better driver than hers. It's absolutely got nothing to do with that. Suppose what can't be disputed is that life is full of tests. Life is full of tests. We have tests at school, tests at work. For some of us, we have eye tests we have to take every year, every two years. And for most, if not all of us, we have become accustomed to taking COVID tests Tests can also stretch us. They are often fraught with the unknown, with unknowns, with difficulties, and it can take us out of our comfort zone. There are also occasions for making mistakes and then hopefully, hopefully learning from those mistakes. And all of these things are the hallmarks of, of maturity, of growing up, it's also been said that Christian maturity takes place through renewed mind and tested faith. That as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we too go through tests or times of testing. And it happens through the renewing of our mind and testing of our faith so we mature through tested faith and oftentimes in the testing of our faith what comes out of that is a renewed mind in the testing of our faith the outcome of the testing of our faith is a renewed mind and sometimes the purpose of the testing of the faith is so that our minds can be renewed and we can be mature grow closer to Christ, be more like him. This seems to be the case 
in our text with Peter. First, or Luke chapter 5 and verse 1 to 11. In our text, we read of a time when Jesus took his disciples into the deep, into deep water, and how this experience increased their faith. And we may say caused them, especially Peter, to become more mature, to grow in his knowledge of who Christ was. And we can say this because it was a time where we learned that he he made some mistakes or he made a mistake and he learned from that mistake. And so we want to read the text and this message, if you like, is to a certain extent very much from a devotional reading of this text. Albeit I'm confident that it's nothing I'm going to say here that is not true to the character of God, to his will, revealed will and purposes for our lives. And so with that caveat, let's read Luke chapter 5 and verse 1 to 11. It says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret or the lake of Galilee, the people crowding him uh, around, around him and listened to the words of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were fishing or washing their nets rather. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I'll let down the nets. Verse 6, it says, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that it began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. To be sure, the reference to the deep or the deep water in this context has a lot to do with fishing in deep water, right, during the day, um, which for fishermen was not a good idea because apparently the fish go down to the bottom of the lake during the day because of the sun. And so that's the immediate sort of context here, it's the meaning, if you like, in the text. However, Jesus used that occasion of, or this occasion of going into the deep to prove himself to his disciples or to these soon-to-be disciples of his to prove himself to them, to show them that he was able to provide for them. He was able to do exceedingly beyond what they could think and imagine, that he was able to just provide supernaturally for them. He wanted to show them that they could put their trust in him, put their confidence in him. But also what we see in this text is the two things we talked about concerning maturity and Christian maturity. 
That is, Simon Peter's faith is tested. And through this test, his mind is being renewed. He's challenged to go into the deep and to throw out his nets and go fishing. And Simon knows this is not a good idea. And so there's, there's a test there. And through that process, as we will unpack this in a short while, we see that Simon's faith is being renewed and, and he grows in his knowledge of who Christ is. And so to that, I just want to say these words just at the outset. God wants to prepare us. God wants to prepare you. God wants to prepare me for something greater, something wonderful, something awesome in the deep, in the place, if you like, of testing, in those places, in those times, in those situations that you and I go through that sometimes we're going against our better judgment. It's like, it's, I, I, this is not how this is supposed to be, and or I know how to sort this out, or deal with this issue, but yet we're challenged in those times to trust God, to take him at his word. That's the deep. And you and I go through those times. Someone right now this morning could be going through that. You have a deep moment that you're processing. As Bex and um, the pastor from uh, Lighthouse mentioned, you know, for some of us, it, it, this period has been, on one hand, a time of rejoicing and, and creativity and exploring new ideas, but for others, it's been a time of sorrow, been a time of pain. It's been a deep moment, if you like. The deep is the unknown. It's going through something challenging, perhaps processing some real or imagined failure. It's about change, it's about transition. It's a time of testing. And to that time and to this time in your life, I want to speak prophetically, prophetic, prophetically, if I may. Don't be afraid. When you pass through the waters, God says he will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, he says they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, he says you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Isaiah 43, verse 2. Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Jesus was with them in the deep. And this morning, we want to remind ourselves that he's also with us in our deep moments. Whatever that deep is to you, Jesus is there. And he wants to share just words of hope and encouragement to you. Do not be afraid. I want to look at a few things before we close concerning this passage. Again, as I said, it's a devotional reading. It, different ways we can go with this. The first thing I wanted to share is that, you know, God has a vision for the deep. God has a vision for the deep. In verse 4 it says, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Remember, Jesus was in Simon's boat at the shore, but he had his vision 
to go into the deep, to launch into the deep because of the wonderful things that he envisioned will take place in Simon's life, the fruit, the outcome of having an encounter with him, of this time of testing and, and purification. Jesus relished the idea of launching into the deep because of that wonderful outcome. And through Jesus' actions, we also learn a few things about God and how he works in our lives that we can draw some comfort from. By talking about the deep and talking about change and transition and hardship and pain, and it can cause anxiety. And to suggest that Jesus and God has a vision for the deep might not fill us with hope. But I just want to encourage you because before Jesus tells him to launch into the deep, let's just think about a few things that took place before that. The first thing we see is that Jesus entered into Simon's boat. He was walking by the shore and he saw some boats and one happened to be Simon's and he entered his boat. And this speaks to me, at least, of how God wants to be with us. Speaks to me about God's love. Speaks to me about how God singles us out, if you like. How he wants to spend time with us. And this is a very important context to us also processing this idea of God wanting to launch us into the deep and to try and test and prove us and, and show himself strong in our lives through those testings. It's just like our brother said, it's, it's that sort of, not so much ambiguity, but, you know, this tension. You know, it, we can experience trials and tribulations as we walk with God. At the same time, God is a God who has revealed himself to be good, to be merciful, and, and we live in that tension. But I just want to really emphasize and underscore this fact that although we're talking about the deep and a time of testing that God might initiate in our lives, let us remember that God enters our world. And God loves us. And God wants to spend time with us. God seeks us out, if you like, to be with us. And the other thing we see from the text before he tells him to launch into the deep, it says that Jesus is in his boat and he begins to teach people from his boat, begins to expound on the scriptures from his boat. And it's like we can draw from that this idea that God wants to be glorified in and through our lives. Not only does he seek us out and want to spend time with us, but he also wants us to be instruments of his blessing to others. And this is all happening with Simon Peter. What a wonderful privilege. God sought him out and God was using his life. It was, if you like, the first of many catches, if we can speak that way, that he was to experience in his life. As Christ was in his boat, he began to speak to others and share the gospel, the good news to others. And so we can take comfort from these references here and although we're talking about the deep and talking about being tested and proved and so forth God at the same time loves us wants to be with us and God wants to to use us but it's also true 
that he has a vision for the deep. Because with all of that said, he still says, launch into the deep. Push the boat out into the deep. Right? Before that, he just moved it from the shore or from the land just out a bit into the sea. But there was this desire in Jesus to launch it further. Because he says, there's something I want you to experience in the deep. There's something I want you to experience in that place of testing, in that place of the unknown, in that place where you're stepping out of your comfort zone. There's something wonderful. He declares there's going to be a catch. There's going to be a harvest. And as I was reflecting on this yesterday and thinking about sharing at this time in the life of Tower Hamlet's Christian Church and Lighthouse and, and what God is doing here. You, you are in the deep. You, as a church, as a community, you have launched into the deep. And if I may, if I may just say that, you know what? God is going to bless this. He's already blessing it. Right? Indeed, Bex has said it's run very smoothly and we thank God for that. But these things can be fraught with, you know, challenges and, and uncertainties. And it, it's, it's the deep to some extent. But let's take comfort from these words of Christ. He says, launch into the deep. Why? Because I want you to have a great catch. Something good, something wonderful is going to come out of this. We already see it. And so let us take comfort from this. God has a vision for the deep. The second thing we want to see from this text is God's vessels for the deep. God's vessels for the deep. In verse, verses three to four, he said, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking to Simon, he said, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. In the King James Version, it uses the word ship. And I know it's a bit trite to develop some, you know, some themes from just that uh, uh, suffix ship. But they're set in vessels, if you like, set in ships that God uses to launch us into the deep, that he uses to bring us to the place of maturity, to bring us to the place of testing and place where we can also ultimately experience a great experience his blessing in our lives. One of them is church membership or partnership, formalizing our commitment to a vision and the mission of a local church is one of those ways that God brings people, takes them out of the shore of the familiar, if you like, of the comfort of, you know, sometimes just coming in, visiting, and going off, and brings them to a place of commitment so that they can grow in God, and through relationships and accountability structures, they can learn more about him, and enjoy the rich benefits of being part of a family and church membership and church partnership. It's one of those vessels, if you like, one of those, the means by which God 
launches us into the deep so that we can experience a great catch. And talk about church fellowship, going beyond the highs and hellos and, you know, I'm good, I'm all right, to building relationships with people. And it would appear I'm, you know, speaking to the converted here because just from the announcements and notices and, you know, that, that happens in this church. And so it's about let's contend for it, let's maintain it. It's so important. It's such an important vessel that takes people from the shallow end, if you like, into the deep, but also opens them up to experiencing God's blessing and God's goodness in their lives. A great catch. We can go on to talk about mentorship or discipleship. This idea of getting into relationships with people and being nurtured and being open and making ourselves vulnerable so that we can learn from others who've walked with God and are walking with God and, and draw from their experiences and their knowledge of him. It's a wonderful blessing. I'm here because of discipleship. I'm here because someone took the time to mentor me. I'm here because I opened myself. I was receptive to guidance and some cases instructions that helped me to just maintain my relationship with God and, and enjoy the wonderful blessings that I do now. We can go on to talk about stewardship, managing our finances, our resources, and, and generosity, and talk about praise and worship. These are all various vessels, various means by which God launches us into the deep so that we can experience his blessing in our lives. Are you launching into the deep? Are we letting down our nets? Are we expecting something big, something wonderful, something great from our union together, from our fellowship? These, the promise of, of blessing and, and God's goodness, experiencing God's goodness is, is there in the deep. And as we launch so we enter these vessels, as it were, these blessings and promises can be realized in our lives. The other thing we want to see is godly voices from the deep. Godly voices from the deep. In verse 6 it says, When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Verse 8, it says, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Here's a voice from the deep. Right? A voice from the deep. Now, to really appreciate what is happening here with Simon Peter, we have to perhaps take on a one reading of this passage that suggests that when Jesus came to the shore and asked him to launch into the deep, that Peter was, was somewhat cynical. 
you know, it was, he probably, you know, rolled his eye like, hang on, you know what, you're a builder, I'm a fisherman. I, I know what I'm doing. You don't go launching, you know, fishing in the daytime, in the middle of the day, because the fish are at the bottom of the lake. It doesn't make sense, right? I'm, just leave the fishing business to me. Right, you you do the carpentry and the building stuff. You, you just leave that. You're, you're out of your zone, Jesus. There's a reader to suggest that you know he was somewhat you know obnoxious and and maybe even patronizing when he says, "Okay, master." Right? All right. I probably rolled his eye like, "Well, but if you say so." Right? But in the deep, as he got into that boat and launched into the deep, trusted Jesus' word, it would appear, put out his net, saw the great catch. Something happened in the deep that didn't happen on land. There was a unique experience, a unique encounter with God, and also understanding, revelation of himself that only took place in the deep and nowhere else. There's a realization and confession of sinfulness. He says, I'm a sinful man. He confessed his unbelief, his doubt. That took place in the deep. In this place of uncertainty and the unknown, in this place of trial, in this place of difficulty where we have to put our trust, our confidence in Jesus, it's a place where, you know, we have epiphanies, we have renewals. Our eyes are open, the scales drop. Happens in the deep. We're challenged to be honest with God and honest with ourselves. Also, we see there's this transition from him calling Jesus master before they launched into the deep. But in the deep, after he'd seen the miracle, the great catch, seen the promise of God fulfilled in the deep because it, he ultimately responded to it and it just blew him over. He looks up at Jesus and he doesn't call him master anymore. He now calls him Lord. This happens in the deep. This happens in those occasions that you and I go through where we're challenged to trust God. And, and I'm, I'm not trying to trivialize the pain and the pressures and problems that we go through. I'm not trying to trivialize the difficulty, those Moments are fraught with, but can I just encourage us and remind us that in those places, God is also at work in our lives and God also uses those occasions to cause us to grow in our knowledge of him, to put off the old man or the old woman and to put on the new man and woman in Christ, to see through the eyes of faith. You know, I found deep people to be usually very humble people. 
because they know something about themselves. Someone said the rate at which a person can mature is directly proportional to the embarrassment that he can or she can tolerate. Somebody also said that to make mistakes is human, to stumble is commonplace, to be able to laugh at yourself is maturity. And Peter passed the test. In the deep, he surrendered to God and it propelled him into a new dimension in his life. And that's the fourth and final point that we want to look at. That is the godly value of the deep. The value of the deep. Verse 6, it says, when they had done so, I know I'm repeating myself, but just to bring context to the point, it says they caught such a large number of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats. And he says, forgive me, Peter says, stay away from, I'm a sinful man. He is repentant. He confesses his limitations, his weakness, his sin. And Jesus at that point says to him in verse 10, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Don't we thank God for his mercy and his goodness? God is good. God is good. God is merciful. God is gentle. God is loving and he's kind. You know, I wish there's a different way that he could bring about renewal and change in our lives. That we didn't have to go into the deep. I, 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 I'm sure, I, I wish there's a different way he could do it, you know. But even so, even so we have these words from scripture that, that should comfort us that, you know what, ultimately God's will, God's intentions, God's face towards us is one of mercy and kindness and goodness that he's always willing to forgive anyone who confessed their faults. He's faithful and just, the scripture says, to forgive us. He wills that none should perish, that all should come into repentance, that our God is a God who he is slow to anger. Our God is a God, he's not, not capricious and, you know, and, and, and unstable, but he's, he's consistent, he's steady in his love, steadfast in his love and faithfulness towards us. And though we pass through the fire at times and through deep waters sometimes, because God is working to renew us and cause us to grow in our knowledge of him, move and grow from glory to glory into glory. And, and renewal must take place on this side of eternity until we become like him. We are being renewed on this side of eternity and that's, that's what happens. But in the midst of all of that, we're in the hands of a loving and merciful God who's ready to pick us up, who's ready to forgive, who's ready to help us to bring healing, to bring direction, to, to offer hope to our lives. From now on, you'll be fishers of men. The value of the deep. 
Perhaps this trip was, and this fishing expedition was a, a precursor to the day of Pentecost. Perhaps Jesus saying to Peter, let's go into the deep because I know you're going to have a big catch. Perhaps Jesus would say, could see more than what was going on at the shore that time and was seeing the day of Pentecost. How this guy is going to have a big catch. And I need to prepare him for the catch. I need to do some things in him because of what I see concerning his future. I need to do some things in him. I need to get some things out of him and put some things into him. I need to get him to posture himself in such a way that he'll be able to manage to embrace the great catch I have for him on the day of Pentecost, perhaps. Perhaps. What I do know for sure, as I close, is in my life, and I'm sure for each and every one of you, you can come behind this lectern and share testimonies of how you've seen how God used certain trials, certain problems, certain issues, certain tests, certain deep waters in the past. You've seen how God has used it to prepare you for the things, the wonderful things that you're doing now, for the new challenges even that you're going through now. You've seen how he's, he's used that to give you the you know, spiritual state of mind, a faith state of mind so that you can process those things and do well and excel. And it's the story of our lives. This is how... God works. He launches us into the deep. He uses vessels to get us there. He uses the deep to occasion repentance, renewal, transformation, drawing closer to him. And then he allows us to hold these experiences of the deep in our hearts to prepare us for the wonderful things the new challenges sometimes that are ahead of us. And all of this is wrapped up in his goodness and his love for us. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit, which has the ability to make your word alive to us. We thank you for revelation, that you've disclosed yourself to us and we can know who you are, know your character and see how consistent you are. We also thank you, Lord, for the deep moments in our lives. And while we don't trivialize them, and 
we have to, as people of faith, recognize that nothing is outside of your purview. You see everything. And you are sovereign and in control. And we thank you that your word reminds us that, you know what, you are able to turn things out for good. And through the challenges, reversals, the change and tests that we go through in life, you're able to work something beautiful, something good in our lives to even prepare us for something greater. And so we pray for your Holy Spirit just to comfort us, Lord, with this word. Because we know on this side of eternity, we will have deep moments. We will be asked to launch into the deep. We will find ourselves in the deep. But Holy Spirit, we pray that you bring to our memory, bring to our minds these words of comfort, words of hope. That you will never leave us nor forsake us. And that you will always reach out and grab us when we call out for you. Bless us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.